Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of Intermediate English with me, Benjamin. When I started this podcast, I was thinking about what kind of podcast it is and who it's aimed at. Well, clearly the podcast is focused more on content than on explaining the rules of English. That's something I've realized and it's intentional. I do sometimes take time to explain a word or a phrase, but most of the time I just talk about something and don't go into too much depth on the language side. But this is an episode which is all about language and I'm using this episode to go into more detail on something that I talked about in a previous episode on language, which was episode 9, Tips for Learning English. If you haven't listened to that episode already, I'd recommend that you go back to that and listen to it, because it has some ideas in it which I'm going to talk about a little bit more. If you've already listened to the episode, you might get the idea that I sort of rejected grammar as being unimportant for people learning a language. Well, today I wanted to go into a bit more depth about that, about the comments I made, and to finally answer this question, am I too lazy to teach you grammar? answer that question, the first thing we should try and work out is, what is grammar? Well, a basic definition of grammar is that it is the set of rules which govern a language. In other words, we use grammar to decide what is correct and what is incorrect. Do you have to know what grammar is in order to use it? No, you don't. In fact, we learn the majority of the grammar of our native language when we're just children, when we're very young, even before we know what the word grammar means. The next question to answer is, how do we learn grammar? And if we can answer that question, I think we can understand a lot more about how to learn a language. For much of the 20th century, and before that, it was believed that we learnt languages through repetition of phrases, through a process of trial and error. Trial and error is a phrase which is composed of trial. If you're convicted of a crime, you go to a trial. And error is a mistake. So trial and error. In other words, we try something out, and if we make a mistake, we don't do it that way again. And trial and error is the way that we learn lots of things in life. With trial and error, sentences were considered to be like building blocks, like the blocks that make up a wall or a house. Sentences were considered to be like building blocks that could be memorized and reused. But this argument got challenged in the 20th century, and the big challenge to this argument came from the American linguist Noam Chomsky in the early 1960s. Chomsky thought about sentences in a completely different way. He said that sentences weren't building blocks, but that when you start a sentence, you can actually continue it 
in an infinite number of ways, an unlimited number of ways. So although every language has a limited number of words, a finite number of words, when we construct a sentence, we can put those words together in an infinite number of ways. So challenging this idea of repetition, he said that language is governed by something called a generative grammar. And generative is a word that's related to generation and generate. It's a set of rules which we don't think about when we use them, but which are essential for every sentence we read and write, speak and hear. A generative grammar is a little bit like a mathematical formula. Let me explain this with an example. In the sentence, Anna loves her, it is impossible that Anna and her are the same person. But in the sentence, Anna knows that her father loves her, it is possible that Anna and her are the same person. Generative grammar is what decides how we interpret the meaning of the word her. Generative grammar decides what her means in that sentence. And this example is one that a five-year-old native English speaker, a five-year-old child who was born in England or in Britain or in an English-speaking country, a five-year-old native English speaker would be able to understand the difference in meaning of the word her in these two sentences. Anna loves her, and Anna knows that her father loves her. And yet, this five-year-old has never been taught the principles underlying grammar, the principles that create grammar. And if you tried to do that, to teach a five-year-old those principles, I would say it probably wouldn't turn out very well. So Chomsky said that the reason that children are able to master complex linguistic calculations is that we are all born with brains, with inbuilt grammatical structures, structures in our brains that we have from birth that contain the grammar that we use. In other words, what he argued is that there are a set of principles that are common across all languages. This is what Chomsky and other linguists then tried to prove. They looked at many of the 5,000 to 6,000 languages that exist and showed that a number of them share certain rules and principles. He called this universal grammar. And whether a sentence is grammatically correct or not doesn't have that much to do with its meaning. Here's an illustration of this. If I say, I eat cake the, you know that this sentence is grammatically incorrect even though you can probably work out what it means. But if I say, colourless blue hopes sing silently, 
you will notice that the sentence is grammatically correct, but meaningless. So grammar might help us to convey our meaning, but grammatical correctness isn't the same thing as meaning. Now, Chomsky later changed his perspective to an extent, and he argued in the 1990s that the brain was more adaptive. It was able to adapt, change itself. And there are a number of different perspectives on this topic since he proposed universal grammar in the 1960s. For example, some evolutionary biologists have argued that we are not born with inbuilt grammar or grammatical structures, but that instead it is our capacity for language, our ability to speak languages, which is inbuilt from birth. <laughs> So that was an explanation of what grammar is and of some of the theories that have been proposed about it. But if we accept that some grammatical structures are inbuilt, does that mean that grammar can't be taught at all? Well, I think it probably weakens the argument for teaching it because we are likely to pick up a lot of grammar when we speak a foreign language. In other words, the grammar of a foreign language will have certain resemblances to our own. It will be a little bit like our own grammar, so that when we learn another language, I think it, without focusing on the grammar, a lot of it can come naturally and we can develop it without even necessarily being able to name the different grammatical features we know that they exist, and we can know how to use them. But does it mean that it can't be taught? Well, no. We learn languages, and there are sometimes significant differences between the grammar of our first language and the grammar of the language we are learning. This means that we need to understand those differences, and the understanding of grammar can help us along that path. I think there are a lot of reasons why it's important to have a good grasp of grammar. It's good to get the grammar right. If you studied English at school, there's a good chance that you studied grammar. And there are good reasons for this. Grammar is basically the set of rules of a language, and you need to know the rules in order to speak well. In the same way as when you learn a sport, it's important to understand what you can and can't do in that sport. If you play football, you can't pick up the ball and run with it. In the same way, you have to understand the grammatical rules of the language you're learning. Another reason why it's important to learn grammar is that if you have a good sense of grammar in a language, you become more confident in using it. For example, in English, it can be hard to differentiate between different past tenses, the tenses that we use when we talk in the past. For example, I was thinking about going to the shop, so I went. 
In that sentence, there are two types of past tense being used. The past continuous, which is I was thinking, and the past simple, I went. I was thinking about going to the shop, so I went. If you know when to use which past tense, then you can construct more complicated phrases about the past. When you write, you can really take the time to pause and think about grammar, normally, unless it's an exam. You can consider which tense to use or the right form of the verb. You can check that your use of singular and plural is consistent, is the same. Or you can check that you've used the right abbreviations, for example, the shortening of words we do in English, like doesn't instead of does not, or shouldn't instead of should not. A third reason why grammar is important is because it helps us to be accepted by the society that we've moved to, or the society who speaks the language we are learning. If you make grammatical mistakes, yes, it can have impacts in work situations. For example, if you make mistakes in a job application. Equally, if you improve your grammar, it is considered something that shows off your intelligence and your attention to detail, your ability to master the details of a language and therefore details of your work. I don't think that the link between grammatical skill and intelligence or grammatical skill and attention to detail, I don't think these links are very strong, but they are links that society considers to be important. And another point about this is that native speakers, people who speak the language from birth, don't tend to make the same mistakes as language learners. So grammatical mistakes will often give away the fact that you learnt a language. To be honest, I don't think that's a big problem because I think normally people are quite positive about the fact that you've learnt their language, but I guess there would be some situations where you would want to not give away the fact that you've learnt the language, perhaps if you were a spy, but I'm sure there are some other examples. is important. Why haven't I taught you English grammar? Is it because I'm too lazy? Well, I do feel that grammar is often overemphasized in the teaching of English, and I don't think that that is very helpful to people trying to learn the language. Like I mentioned in episode 9, a couple of generations ago, it was very common for English to be taught through something called the grammar translation method. And if you want to find out more about that, go back to episode nine. To summarize some of the points that I made in that episode, the grammar translation method doesn't really teach English in a way which is useful for communication. 
I talked in the episode about some positive things that you can do to improve your English, immersing yourself in the language, visiting an English-speaking country, finding an English speaker who wants to learn your language, and exchanging lessons with them. But there is another reason why I don't do a lot of grammar, or any grammar, in fact, in this podcast series. And that's because there are quite a lot of materials out there already. There are plenty of grammar books you can buy, and there are great websites like EnglishPage.com where you can find a lot of detail on different aspects of English grammar, all for free. Equally, if you are taking a course in English now, there's a good chance that you're being taught grammar in a methodical manner already. And like I said before, this podcast is trying to fill a gap in providing intermediate level content. When I set it up, I saw that there were a number of materials for beginners. And of course, if you're at an advanced level, you can listen to all sorts of things. You can listen to the news or you can watch films without subtitles. Fine. But I felt that there was a gap around the intermediate level. And so the idea of this podcast is to provide content at the right level for people who already have learned some English, but aren't yet advanced speakers. And finally, the way that I've put together this podcast and my avoidance of teaching grammar is also a reflection of my own lived experience in learning languages. Apart from English, my native language, I speak German and French, each at a different level. When I was younger, I learnt German in a more methodical way, with a heavy focus on grammar. Then, last year, I had the opportunity to live in Germany for seven months, and there I had lots of opportunities to speak the language. I found that my methodical grammatical training had left me with a level of German which was reasonable, it was fine, I could get by, but I was inhibited. In other words, I was nervous about speaking, I was nervous about making mistakes, and I spoke pretty slowly because I was trying to say everything correctly, and I imagine that was quite frustrating for people who were speaking German with me. Whereas French, I learnt French more naturally, speaking more, listening to the radio, watching films, and I think I've ended up with a more natural French. I know that I make mistakes when I speak French, but I think because I haven't focused on grammar in the way that I did with German, in French I worry less about the mistakes, and I focus more on communication, which ultimately is the main goal of language speaking. The main goal of learning the language is to communicate in it. So what I'm saying is that my personal experiences support what I've studied about linguistics, which is that grammar is important, but that the best way of learning it is naturally through exposure to the language. 
And that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. I know it's been pretty technical in terms of some of the language that I've used, but I hope that you were able to follow. And if you didn't understand all of it, don't worry about it. You can listen again, or you can listen to some of the other episodes that I produced. We're always delighted to hear from you when you send in your emails. And I'd love to know what kind of topics you would be interested to hear about in the future. You can always send us an email, intermediatepods at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. So that's all from us this time. Remember to tell your friends and your colleagues about this podcast. Spread the word. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.